cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. As always, I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is my guy, Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Wes Campbell, co-founder of N2N Advisors. Wes, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent for a Monday. Thanks for having me on. We're excited to dive in. Kellen, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing really well. When you dove into cannabis, was there hesitations? Was there a moment you can take us through where you realized you wanted to be in this space? It's funny because I always traveled and moved where PwC needed somebody to get the next promotion. And so when I left public accounting, I actually moved to Denver because I wanted to live somewhere with mountains again. I actually wanted to go somewhere where I wanted to live and not be told, by the way, you're going to go here if you want to get promotion. And when I came to Denver and I went out on my own with zero clients, nothing, and um just had a connection, a, a wholesale grow. And that was kind of my first step into it. Of, hey, let's let's see what this is all about. Is there one area about accounting or in cannabis that's harder than outside industry that you can kind of give a comparison for? Uh, I mean, everybody's going to know it's it's inventory. It's, it's, it's 280E and coming to this understanding that based upon the rules that are out there, all these cannabis companies have to follow 280E. They need to be tracking their inventory. And what we usually see with a lot of our clients is that inventory number doesn't even change on the balance sheet. So for our listeners who might not be familiar with 280E, can you just give us the layman's definition of what 280E is? So at the end of the day, 280E basically says you can only expense cost of goods sold. Everything else below the line, whether it's your accountant like me, if it's not a cost to produce and get that inventory ready for sale, you cannot deduct it on your individual partnership, S-Corp, corporate tax returns. State-to-state state challenges, right? Not everything is the same. Each state has different challenges. So if your business is in one state and then you, you start doing business in another state, are there additional loopholes or additional challenges? There's always challenges, and, and I'll bring up California. I mean, just excise tax in California and, and how the middleman is collecting that, right? And in California, you have a lot of big players there, so a lot of smaller companies have to give terms. Now, all of a sudden, you're given 30 days. You're impacting your cash flow. California is notorious for taxes and how much they charge people. I'll give you a, a simple example. Just if you set up an LLC in California, you have to pay an $800 fee every year just to have that LLC. You may never do any revenue or nothing, but you have to have that LLC. Whereas in Colorado, that's not the case. But in Colorado, you also have headcount tax. So it's only four bucks. But do you think most people realize they need to be paying $4 per person, even when they're a partnership? Let's flip over to Florida. Florida's great, right? There is no freaking individual tax there for people that are in Florida. And so we get these clients that start trying to play the state game, right? Like, oh, well, we'll incorporate in, in Florida. Well, you know what, though? If you're making your revenue in California, you got to follow the taxes there. It's where the source come, where the source income is, right? So no matter where you operate in cannabis, you're always going to have state-to-state -state challenges on top of federal. Does any federal change 
influence accounting status for cannabis companies? Is there an event on the horizon that makes the biggest difference for cannabis operators? I mean, I think everybody's waiting for it to become federally regulated, you know, federally legal. That would be the biggest blessing. I, I mean, I know right now, you know, another topic we haven't come up on is everybody says, oh, we're going to go public. You know, that's, that's always the big, you know, sexy, oh, we're going to go public. Well, going public costs a lot of money. And you now have a whole new set of rules you've got to follow. Not to mention, you can't do that in the United States if you're touching the cannabis plant, right? So what you're seeing is, is these companies that will go public on, you know, the OTC or something, and it's all non-plant touching businesses, whether they hold the IP, whether it's just uh, machinery and equipment, you know, they're, they're trying to play this game and then up in Canada, they'll go public and have a shell, right? So the big thing on the horizon is when we can all of a sudden open the capital markets to cannabis and people can go public. We've had a ton of conversations with, with operators, whether plant touching or not. And we asked them the same thing, you know, what's your exit strategy? You're like, oh, I'm going to get bought. You know, I want to get bought. And it's like, great. But then you need to have clean books because yep. someone's not coming in to buy a multiple on a, oh, I trust Kellen. He's a good guy. I've known him a long time. He says we've made 2.5 million for the last three years. No, for sure. We'll pay 3X that. Like, that's not how this works. We picked up a new client. It was July, I want to say 2020. And their first thing, they came to me, they said, oh, well, we need to get an audit. And I said, well, when do you need the audit? They're like three months. In three months, we got to be ready. Do you think that audit ever really occurred? No. They already had two years, year and a half of some other bookkeeper doing the books. Uh, they went from cash basis accounting to accrual basis of accounting, which is a switch. Just an easy switch. Uh, you know, and you start analyzing stuff and, and you're looking at them going, by the way, your audit, you need two years of a balance sheet. Most likely you're going to need a couple of years of the P&L. And if you're, you have no control, so they're going to detail test everything on top of you're going to pay for that audit and you might not even pass it. So what happens if you don't pass it? You just spent, you know, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars How big or how small of a company would be best to utilize with services like yours? So we have clients that range from anywhere to $300,000 in revenue up to well over $15 million. With our experience, we are always happy to work with those that are, you know, I kind of always tell people, once you start hitting $20 million plus, you're probably outgrowing quickly, right? You, you need to look at a, a different product in order to do your accounting, probably a full-blown ERP system, you know. We're comfortable in the couple hundred thousand up to about 15 million. That's our sweet spot right now. But we also have the experience when we get kind of away from that end-to-end -end playbook where, you know, we do the monthly accounting, we do your business taxes, individual taxes. We also complement that with the fact that I come from a capital markets background, an audit background. If MedMen or Cookies needed somebody with my expertise, yes, I, I have the staff behind me to do the... 100,000 to 15 million, I can still go out and do that consulting. You know, so we try not to limit ourselves. But if you were asking me a sweet spot, probably a million to 15 million. So since you've been in the cannabinoid industry, what has been the biggest misconception? I think the biggest misconception is that they make a ton of money. You know, you, you tell people, oh, I'm in the cannabis industry, and they say, oh, you know, they, they must be making money hand over fist. It's like, no, it's tougher than that. 
Before we do predictions, we ask all of our guests, if you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass onto the next generation, what would it be? Call us. Call us and, and talk to us. I'll give you 30 minutes. I'll give you even up to possibly an hour. Let's talk about what's on your mind because I guarantee you I've got five to six different things you didn't even think about. And you just had to make decisions and deal with day-to-day operations. And you, everybody puts the accountant kind of on the back burner. They always think, oh, just taxes. No, no. We're there every day with you. And, and coming from our backgrounds of public accounting, you know, we're used to working with billion-dollar companies. You know, I know what it takes to go public. I know what it takes to be a $70 billion company. So call us. That's the biggest misconception. Don't wait. Talk to us now. Prediction time, Wes. Is 280E making a wider gap between large operators and smaller operators, or is it the same challenge for everyone? I think it's the same challenge for everyone. I think the smaller operator has a more difficult time because they don't have the same resources. They don't have the same amount of people working there or expertise in-house. For all those out there that are listening that want to get in touch, Wes, where can they reach you? You can go to our website, intoendadvisors.com. We also have a phone number out there. It is area code 303-604-8225, extension 101. That's me. Awesome. Yeah, we'll link it all up in the show notes. Thanks so much for your time, Wes. You're more than welcome. Thank you so much, you guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.